Better late than never! <laughs> the following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Welcome to Flash Gordon Minute, presenting your hosts from Minute of Darkness and the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast, Brad, and introducing your intrepid explorer of Planet Mongo, Eric. Hey everybody. So this recording was a mess. The file really didn't come through. So what we did is uh, we're going to put this together a little different than we have our other episodes where usually it's just a straight conversation. We sort of picked some greatest hits from the recording. It's definitely not how we usually do things. We're going to go back to our normal format for our uh, following minutes. But this is uh, sort of a greatest hits of our conversations about minutes 32 and a little bit of minutes 31. Uh, I think it's still really enjoyable, but sometimes the auto files just don't work like they're supposed to. But... uh. Uh, it's still fun, so uh, please to enjoy. We are at minute 32 of Flash Gordon Minute. Eric, how are you? Brad, they can hang me up by my arms. They can surround me with freaks. They can shove a giant spiky thing over my face. But they will never break my spirit. There are four lights! Oh, that that head thing! I just, I, I just looks like you know what? That doesn't even look that uncomfortable. Um, uh, Joey back here, uh, and um, uh, say hello. Hey, how you doing? So he's been with us all week, and actually, I, I, I haven't told, I didn't tell Joey this, but I specifically scheduled you for this week because I wanted you to have this specific minute because I felt like this was a kind of minute that could fit into a really wacky horror movie. And one of the main reasons was this gigantic spike thing on his head. It looks straight out of Hellraiser. I don't know what the spikes are for because they're on the outside of the mask. <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking about that. You know, yeah, Clyde, you know, later on in the minute, Flash, you know, says, you know, I want to see Dale. And, and, and Clytus zaps the thing right off his face. And all I could think of is, do you think the person who makes those masks is annoyed that Clytus disintegrated it instead of just taking it off his head? Like, it really, you know, with the spikes and everything, it really took craftsmanship to make that thing. And this could have been, you know, the real artistic masterpiece. You know, it's like, what do you, what do you mean you disintegrated? I, you know, damn you, I wanted to reuse that thing. I'd spent a lot of time on that. It would be awesome if there was, like, a metalsmith behind him. Is like, man, come on. You know, we shared we shared the uh, the common preschool schoolyard setting and hanging out. You know, the moms, the dads, the birthday parties. So yeah, we hung out a few times and uh, talked about podcasts and everything. And uh, you know, through networking and knowing each other, uh, like I said, Eric invited me on. I was more than happy to come on because I've never seen Flash Gordon, and what the hell? It's time I watched it. 
Yeah, because Flash shouldn't be helpless. And when he was walking to the gas chamber, he was sort of walking himself and was, was you know carrying himself with dignity. And that's the thing where this was obviously the whole point of this is you know, stripping him down, putting the stupid thing on his head and making him uncomfortable because he can't see. It was about stripping him of his dignity. And Flash has... And it's, again, we always try to credit Sam Jones because I think he unfairly gets criticized for his acting. But he's an actor who's able to convey, you know, that certainty in and of himself. And when you take away that, um, it it makes you feel, you know, uncomfortable for him. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, that's basically the two things that make you uncomfortable in the scene, both him and also just that snake people costumes was like, what the hell was that? The biology of, of these guys is so insane. They've got human-like faces inside a lizard mouth. Well, also, when he, when he, when he walks in, you know, when Flesh says, you know, I can't breathe in this thing, and Clytus says, yes, you don't look well. But it's like, how can he tell he doesn't look well? His head's covered. I, I don't think Ming has any interest in fairness, and Clytus does seem to have some sort of, you know... Code of ethics or code of honor, and Ming would really, really like it of Flash being in the room, knowing that Dale's there and not being able to see her. I mean, that quite frankly, for Ming, he would like put a second iron helmet on him just to just to really. I've I've watched last year. I watched three hundred sixty-five movies. At least three hundred of them were horror. So. It's, it's a nice change. Yeah, I, I was at first. It was a race between me and my co-host, and then I, in July and August, I, I just I don't know. I was so burnt out because I don't get to watch movies until the kids go to bed. So I like would sleep like three hours a night, and uh, I was just burnt out. And he kept going, you know. And he doesn't have small children. So he was able to watch, and at work he was able to watch, and I was just like, "All right, I'm obviously not coming against this, but I'm got a new goal, three sixty five, and literally to about an hour before midnight, I hit, I finished the the three hundred sixty fifth film, and I am not doing it again. <laughs> I'm at sixty so far for the year. I mean, it's pretty damn good, but I, it's not where it's like overwhelming me. I'm going at my own pace. Volton, this is all fun for for Volton. You know, he he just wants to have a good fight. And, eh, if somebody dies, somebody dies. But as long as everyone has a good time up until then, eh, he he's happy with it. Oh yeah, I could see him with you know with, with a big just leg of some sort of creature that has been cooked for him and just gnawing at it. Oh yeah, he's a meat eater. Volton is definitely a meat eater. He he can't he it'd be cannibalism. Well, here is speak. Here is my investigation of the lizard men. Uh, they are from the comic strip. They live in the cave world of Mongo, uh, and at one point they uh, were going to try to eat Flash. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like something they would do. When you look like a giant snake or a giant lizard, you're going to try to eat somebody. And you know, I, I keep uh, going back to Clytus for a second with the 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 angle of the. Um, the camera shot and the way the lighting is, we we really get to see that Clytus underneath his mask is just a regular guy. We see his eyes, we see his mouth, we see the tip of his nose even. So now we know he's just some dude in a mask. He's not 
You know, I think that's important because it yeah, adds just different aspects to it. And and, and Clytus, and you, you, Eric, you said a couple of times, Clytus is your favorite character in the movie and a great character. You, you gotta love Clytus. Um, and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we get Dale back in this minute and, uh, they, uh, finally got her out of that white and red blazer outfit. Cause, uh, that's, uh, that wasn't flattering. Yeah. And it's, and it's completely red, which is the color that she was turned into when she, the hypnotizing ring assaulted her. They put her, she's completely red, just like she was when she was under hypnosis. Uh, and, uh, you know, this is sort of something thrown away, but when they announce her coming in, it's, or when he calls for her, it's like, you know, bring in, or here's the concubine. It's like, oh, oh, things are going real bad for Dale. You know, I, I've never, not, sorry to, to track, but I've never seen anything Star uh, Star Trek either. Yeah, but I, I love Star Wars, everything Star Wars, but never Star Trek. Clytus, again, showing a sense of fair play. He's going to give him a little bit of time, but he, he, he's letting him know that it, it's all over when this last uh, grain of, when the hourglass, uh, the, the sands go up in this case, and the hourglass upside down, and just another little reminder that the rules don't really behave on this planet the way they do on Earth. That's, that's like the, the Ming time 2915. It's like another one of those Earthlings, Earth things, but with a twist. Yeah, and it's you know it is subtle enough where he just turns over the hourglass and hey, you know you see hourglasses turned all the time, especially in a movie like this. And it took a second. It's like wait a minute, what, that's on the wrong end. How would that even work? I mean, obviously, you know, Mongo has gravity. I mean, everyone's walking around. No one's floating around. No one's walking on the ceiling. So it it's gotta be it's gotta be some kind of internal mechanism there for that to to be doing that. Yeah, or just magic. <laughs> <laughs> Like with Star Wars, on Star Wars Minute, the guys are like, uh, the Force. Just, uh, uh magic, yeah. There was um, an excellent comic uh, written by Alan Moore probably 10, 15 years ago called Tom Strong, which took a lot of inspiration from Flash Gordon. So where Tom's daughter was fighting a girl who had boots that could turn the whole world sideways. At one point, the, the monkey sidekick of the Strong family asked... The girl is like, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. How are those boots? And she's like, it's just stop it. It's magic boots, okay? It's just magic boots. Whenever I see that sort of uh, magic mystical MacGuffin that shows up in this sort of stuff, it's like, ah, it's just the magic boots of the story. It's like, it's just that thing. That, it just works because a spell was cast somewhere. It's like, wizard did it. Yeah, don't worry about the things. Yeah, like what's the what's the line in uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000? If you wonder how he eats and sleeps and other science facts... Just remind yourself it's just a show, so just relax, right? So, you know, but, uh, just don't worry about it. It's Flash Gordon. It's fun. Just watch the movie. There, there, there was something that was pointed out on the TV show 24, where the whole point of the show is it follows Kiefer Sutherland's character minute by minute for 24 hours. It's like, I, I, I haven't seen this guy go to, go to the bathroom once. That's why he always talks like that. He's trying to hold it in. This is obviously this is way off track, but yeah, Kiefer Sutherland's one of those actors who was quietly excellent for years. And uh, Lost Boys and uh, Stand by Me, where he was just this brilliant, malicious character. It, it took a long time into his career, where all of a sudden he was Jack Bauer, and he realized just how special a, a performer he was. Same with Alec Baldwin. Um, Alec Baldwin was 
you know, a perfectly solid actor. And then it wasn't until, in my opinion, he did uh, 30 Rock. It's like, oh, my God, he's actually brilliantly funny. It's not everyone that gets to be Sam Jones where you find out how wonderful they are in their first role. Well, we talked about the whipping noise uh, yesterday. And in this minute, we find out what that whipping noise is. And it's it's pretty... It, it's not what any of us thought. And it's actually pretty... Bit of a, da- a bit of a anticlimactic. It's just one of the guards is just kind of whipping a whip against the bars of the cells, and that's it. Yeah, it's a, they sort of uh, they sort of chickened out. Yeah, and it's I, which makes me feel like the whipping and moaning. The moaning was not because someone was being whipped. It's just this dude was whipping the cells, and some prisoner was happened to be moaning at the same time. Uh, you know, so it's sort of a, one of those great fly-on-the-wall moments. I would love to know what the thought process was behind this, if they sort of just backed off of whatever the original intention was, or if they were trying to make us concerned that perhaps it was Dale or you know a female character getting hurt. And um, Yeah, it, 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 I was very... It, I'm always very surprised when I see this, because I love this movie and I've watched it many, many times, but it's a, a movie that I'll sometimes go a while between seeing. And it's, I always am reminded, or there's always that initial reaction. It's like, wait a minute, what, what, what happened here? And it's like, oh no, everyone's okay. It's just as okay as you get being in a you know dungeon with a big metal mask on your head. I was, I was talking before, but my, my mic was muted. We're not pros. We, we don't get fat paychecks for this. <laughs> but um, I was just going to say, I, I was like, that doesn't sound like Flash. <laughs> that was my initial reaction. Yeah, it, it was it was a it was a really quick minute where the minute before this, even though it's the same length, I felt like there was a lot more to look at, to, to analyze. Where here, you know, you're looking at these characters. It's just it's mostly you get the one thing with the with the Mingo time quick line you know you hear to tell him to dispose tonight right but then the the bulk of the scene is is the baron and the aura and you know just through their dialogue alone i think it's fantastic you know because you gotta realize when it comes to dialogue right um a lot of time it's about status right so like one is trying to get over on the other who's gonna get above the next one and there's also this push and pull factor which is stay and go there's always a stay and go conflict if you look at Literally, like, all of literature, sitcoms, like, most of the time, there's some kind of a stay-and-go factor. So, look what we got here, right? All of that. I only got to watch it once, so I I didn't really get to sit and really pick it apart. But as a whole, I think they do a good job recognizing that they're using these cliches, they're, they're using these stereotypes, right? And... Also being creative at the same time, right? So, like I said earlier, with with the in the last minute with the uh, with the Clytus character, you know, totally totally awesome character. But at the same time, you know, you hear some of the lines that the characters say, and they're classic things that the villains would always say. You know, same thing with Ming. You know, I feel like we haven't really talked about Flash at all, right? But you know, the things that Flash says, there, there's nothing crazy insightful about it. But at the same time, it, it, it's it makes sense. Like he's just a logical dude, you know. Like I, I, I remember listening to one of you guys' minutes, and in the originals, he comes off as like a serious scientific character, right? He's like a scientist. Go into this movie, and they change it up, right? I mean, I think you know the pulp 
the pop culture reference is alluding to like a Joe Namath, you know, and you guys mentioned the people magazine thing. Um, I think that the people magazine thing, it speaks volumes because I mean, I grew up with that thing next to my toilet and (laughs) I was at my mother's house today visiting and what came in the mail, a people magazine. So when you put flash's face on it, it just shows you, the status, the iconic place where this character is. And granted, you know, that's not a dialogue between the character. It's still written in the script somewhere. So, you know, little things like that, I think, are great. Yes, if you love horror movies and you love podcasts, check us out. The Horror Mafia Podcast. You could find us at horrormafiapodcast.com. We're in the midst of rebuilding the website. Also, you could find us on iTunes and other podcasting outlets. Just type in Horror Mafia Podcast. I also do another one where it's a little more comedic-based and a bunch of guys hanging out, cracking jokes, busting chops, and talking horror. That's called Slice and Dice Dreadcast. Um, You could find episodes also on HorrorMafiaPodcast.com. And all podcasting outlets, just type in Slice and Signed Dice dreadcast.com and also check out our instagram page slice and dice dreadcast um some of the best horror memes on the net my co-host j mac he runs that and i don't know where he gets this stuff from but it's amazing thank you and and eric share one more time where our uh, our listeners can find out more about where uh, what we're up to facebook chat with us flash quarter minute listeners vortex Twitter, Flash Gordon Pod. Email us, Flash Gordon Minute at gmail.com. And I also I want to uh, plug uh, the Movies by Minutes family as a whole. If you go to moviesbyminutes.com, um, you, there are, we're getting at this at the time of this recording, there are close to 100 different movies get the minute by minute uh, treatment. Uh, so any genre you're into is probably something on there for you. Uh, and of course, Star Wars Minute, the first one listed there, since those are the guys who started this whole thing. They are the uh, masters of the format. So check out moviesbyminutes.com also and see what else is on there. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of great movies out there um, and a lot of love and passion that goes into these projects. Uh, you don't do it to become rich. Uh <laughs> Uh, Eric, as always, it's been a fantastic week. Uh, thank you so much for 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 being the engine that drives this uh, particular train. It's uh, I always have a great time talking with you and the, the amazing guests we have. So thank you. But uh, but I'm still not right of the hills. And believe it or not, that is where the audio completely died, right during our big tagline. So uh, that's the end of the episode. Uh, honest. I think everything's going to come together better next week, or this week now, since this is our special Monday uh, spectacular. But I'm going to give our fantastic guest, Joey, the last line. I'm just picturing Ben Folds' piano going with William Shatner, boo, you know. (laughs) Next week, as Clytus voices his contempt, Flash and Dale are reunited, perhaps for the very last time. We've summoned a special guest to help us with these heart-wrenching scenes, Jake of Dark Knight Minute. Incredible adventures await you here on Flash Gordon Minute. I got your address from the phone book in the library. Wandered in, looked you up, and... Weird that you've been 
living maybe two miles away for the best part of 20 years. You must be what, in your early 40s now? If I remember, you were born in June. Or was it May? Eisenhower was the president, although it may have been JFK. Years of silence, not enough. Who could blame us, given up? But quiet, there's a buzz. That's me trying. He's still working in that store in Ventura? He's still going with... No, that's not fair. I know I haven't been the very best of dads. I'll hold my hand up there. The reason that I'm writing is I'd like for us to meet. Get a little daughter-dad action going soon. We could put things behind us, eat some pizza, drink some beer. You, you still see your sister, Lemley? Bring her to... Here's a silence, not enough. But I don't want to talk about any of that bad stuff. Why I missed out on your wedding and your high school graduation. I'd like to explain, but I can't. So let's keep things neutral. Stick to topics that won't bug us. How about this? Let's choose a book and we'll read it before we meet. Then we can sit down in a restaurant, have a look at the menu, and talk about it while we eat. See, if we never had a problem, then that's what life would be like. Easy, uncomplicated, cool. So let's just pretend that the past didn't happen. I don't really like thrillers as well. I don't want to know if I've got grandchildren. No need to tell me where I went wrong. I don't want to know what happened in your 30s. You want to try Cold Mountain? Or is that too long? Years of silence, not enough. Who could blame us? Give it up. Above the quiet, there's a buzz. That's me trying. Yeah.